0: Good evening and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle Roundtable. I'm Sammy Jacobs from Hoosier Huddle. Along with me is Josh Lafon from the uh, Michigan uh, podcast. And um, we're here to talk about the IU game coming up this weekend, homecoming uh, against Michigan. So, Josh, from the, the Michigan Minute, uh, how are you doing? Doing good, man,
1: doing good. Indiana is always a scary week for me. I've been to several of these games in Ann Arbor, have not been to Bloomington. Unfortunately, I'm not going this weekend, but it always seems like when the Hoosiers and Wolverines play, it's it's always a dogfight. So nervous expectations, to say the least, leading up in the game week.
0: Yeah, we'll get into the, the recent series history uh, here in a little bit. IU does not have great luck against Michigan. They've only won twice uh, since 1967. Uh, it, it's a series that's very uh, lopsided. But Indiana has been in these games in the last decade. Uh, There have been some crazy high scores, some crazy low scores, some overtime games, some snow games. Uh, It's just been a uh, a wild and wacky uh, series over the last uh, 10 years. But, uh, Josh, I wanted to ask you about the state of the Michigan program. Going into last year, you're coming off – a a disappointing 2020 season where I.U breaks the losing streak against Michigan in Bloomington. Uh, it seems like Harbaugh's on his way out. He's you know going to the Raiders or something or someplace in the NFL. And then all of a sudden, you guys are reborn. Uh, you, you did lose to Michigan State, but you, you're reborn, you make the playoff, you conquer Ohio State for the first time since 2011. You win a big Ten title. Uh, just where's this program at um, yeah, and how much has changed just in these two two short years? Returning to the Michigan arrogance that we've always had, Sammy, uh,
1: <laughs> the the inspection in uh, the Michigan Twitter sphere and the blog, the paywall message boards, any bar you go to in the Mitten State is that they're going to smack around Michigan State this year. They're 0-2 against Mel Tucker. So we'll see. Granted, Michigan State is absolutely putrid. The ex- The expectation is Michigan is going to be 11-0 going into Ohio State. I can see a path to that. Penn State does scare me. I don't want to get too deep into, obviously, Michigan's schedule and detract from that. But it seems like back to the norm of what I grew up with, that Lloyd Carr era, Michigan Wolverine team, where you're going to win 10, 11 games a year. You should beat up on Michigan State. Um Every year, because when they're hot, if you look at their program history, it is when Michigan is in a down cycle, going back to the 50s and 60s, even. So it should really be that number two spot in the Big Ten, maybe fighting with Penn State when they have an um, upswing as well. That seems like where we're at now, but I'm talking about Harbaugh, 2020 was, or 2021 rather, wasn't a fluke year. They had a lot going for them. They were the most physical team in the Big Ten. The win over Ohio State, despite the Buckeye fans' claims of snowstorms and all that, it was a physical dominated win. The funny thing I take away from that is Michigan also had to play in the snow. So I don't think the score matters much when both teams had to play in it. Um, We'll see what happens this year. Going into Columbus where Michigan hasn't won since 2001, that's going to be a big deal for the arc of this program going forward. I love Jim Harbaugh, growing up a Michigan fan, being born in Michigan. This is the guy that people wanted, even when Lloyd Carr stepped down before Rich Rod. We'll see if we keep the continued success going. It definitely seems like the morale in around the program is a lot different than when he first started. He had a lot of divas in the locker room. Even think about not to throw previous Wolverines under the bus. Shea Patterson, John Horn, Wilton Spate, previous Michigan quarterbacks, a lot of high-profile skilled position players that had the talent but couldn't contribute. It seems like last year and this year so far, the team itself is bought in. They're going in the right direction. We'll see if they can keep this thing going. If they can keep it going this year, then I'll feel a lot better about years to come, kind of return that traditional Michigan deal of every season comes down to that final week with Ohio State. That's what we want to get back to.
0: Yeah, um, Michigan's 5-0 right now. You guys had Arguably the softest non-conference schedule in the history of 100%. non-conference schedules. Hundred percent. <laughs> and as an IU fan, I am super jealous of your non-conference schedule. Uh, but you played a, a Maryland team at home, which looked after the opening kickoff like you, you were going to run away with it. After it doinks off the guy's face. Um, Jeez, yeah. Oh, by the way, Aaron Judge just hit number sixty-two, and I think somebody jumped out of the stands behind the fence. Well, uh, it sounds good.
1: I was wondering why you're looking up, man. I. Hey, I'm. I guess I grew up during the steroids era, so and I hate yeah. the Yankees, so I don't. I couldn't care less about Aaron Judge. Or the uh, Yankees, I'm, a, so from, I'm from. i Bonds guy all the way.
0: Yeah, from <laughs> New, from New York, big Yankee fan. Uh, so yeah, I had it on yeah. in the background. And what more than an Aaron Judge cut in during a college football podcast just to make everybody yeah. uh, super yeah. happy? But let's yeah, go back really. to, to Michigan's Michigan <laughs> schedule. Um, UConn. Uh, Who else? Hawaii and uh, I don't know. Colorado State. Yeah, Tumbleweed Tech. Uh, Colorado State in there (laughs) as well. Um, Maryland gave you guys a test at home. And then I thought a pivotal game was Iowa. We've seen Big Ten East teams in the top five go in there and have their dreams shut down, whether it's Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State, um, India, even Indiana last year, you know, they, they, they were ranked 17th, uh, going into that game and, and got the butts handed to to us, uh, just, you know, does that, does that win at Iowa city make you feel a little bit more confident, even though you didn't really get much out of that non-conference schedule to say, Hey, we're, we're, we're for real again this year.
1: Yeah. And even
0: just touching on the non-conference
1: slate, like, even just a little bit, I, I hate it because I'm typically accustomed to the old and not to talk about typical Michigan lore, but the Notre Dame's of the world when the big non conference game was, And we even played Bama and Texas under Brady Hoke years ago. Typically, in the Michigan schedule, you're looking at two cupcakes and then a big non conference game. We've seen that even under Jim Harbaugh, too, um, playing Florida several times as well as Notre Dame twice. I didn't feel super confident coming out of that just because, like you said, it was the softest schedule that I've even seen. It it blew Michigan's 2016 team. That saw them lose to Iowa, ironically enough, later on that year, walking into Kinnick undefeated two weeks before Iowa State. They, they blew their non-conference schedule out of the water. This year was even softer. Um, I think it was the starters up until the UConn game uh, versus Colorado State week one, Hawaii week two. I played forty-five to fifty percent of the snaps in that game, which is not what you want to see from a team that's looking to repeat as a Big Ten title contender and a, another Big Ten title winner. You want to see those starters get snaps, especially our new quarterback JJ McCarthy. Um, playing Maryland was definitely a test. I did. I was a little higher on Maryland than most coming into the season. It's not a whole pick. I really was. I don't have that on record, but I promise you, Sammy, I was. Maryland is much improved. They might win eight or nine games this year. Uh, they should have blown Michigan State out by more than they did. That score was not indicative of how much of a blowout that game was last week. But like you said, short story long, Iowa was the big test. We've seen Harbaugh teams fold in previous years where the chemistry wasn't right with the team. Not everybody's bought in. You're not fighting for that extra first down. You get that first sign of adversity. Uh, Devin Gardner, former Michigan quarterback, said the other day it was – Death by 1,000 paper cuts is how you have to beat Iowa, and it's true. Most Harbaugh teams prior to that wouldn't have wanted to do that. This Michigan team, and last year's as well, were primed and ready for that. So definitely gives you some confidence going forward, a place where they haven't won since 2005 in Kinnick, which is crazy to think about. Um, 17 years they haven't beat them there. It, it definitely makes you feel good that they went in there and were able to execute their offense in a way where 27 points on the board doesn't seem like a lot, there's one point in that game where it felt like as a biased fan like me or an unbiased fan even like you where that game was in doubt. Michigan dominated that from the opening kick.
0: Looking at your team, um, you have a new quarterback in JJ McCarthy. Uh, take us through some of the stars on offense. Blake Coram's having you know a, a Heisman type year uh, potentially. Uh, if he continues his performance, just take us through some of these playmakers on offense and then we'll talk about the defense. Yeah, sure. Um Alou transfer from
1: Virginia, offensive lineman play center. I can't believe I said his name, right? Because I never do. Remington finalist last year um, ended up finishing second. He looks every bit the part of a late first, early second round pick for Michigan filling in the role Andrew Bastardis, our former center last year graduate guy um, in medical school now, ironically enough, uh, as being the starting center, he's got to watch for on the offensive line. He is a road paver, a road grader. He's amazing. Looking at skill positions, um, it's kind of where things get interesting. You mentioned J.J. McCarthy, Blake Corum. They definitely lead the offense. Donovan Edwards, I'll add too there in the backfield, kind of being that lightning to Blake Corum's thunder. Um, if you will, um, the interesting part about Michigan this year has been Eric all the starting tight end has been rumored and reported to be out potentially out for the year seeking a medical uh, red shirt uh, projected prior to the year as a mid late second round pick this year, one of the better tight ends in the country possibly early third. Um, he's looking like he's gonna be out for the rest of the year. He played about a game and a half this season. Luke Schoonmacher, the number two, they're kind of a one A and one B role. Should fill in just fine. He's been one of McCarthy's favorite targets. What's really been interesting, though, has been the lack of distribution with the wide receivers. Michigan has a ton of talent at wide receiver. um, Off the top of the cuff, Ronnie Bell returns for his fifth year after tearing his ACL last year. Um, Captain also for Michigan, Andrell Anthony, the sophomore, who blew up against Michigan State last year. Roman Wilson, one of the fastest guys in the country. Um, And then also Cornelius Johnson turned as well with some incoming freshmen that can contribute. But the issue this year has been, for one, the non-conference schedule, not being able to stay in the game because it's such a blowout playing Maryland in the tight game when you need to rely on Blake Corham and then playing against Iowa, a team that wants you to play up in front of them. So Michigan has a ton of talent at wide receiver, but they're just not getting the ball to them. And it's been dictated by, like we said, the blowouts the first three weeks. A tighter game than they probably thought against Maryland, where they had a lean on the run game. And then a game plan against Iowa where you're dinking and dunking underneath and not getting these guys open in space. So Michigan is loaded on offense. It's just going to be curious to see when these guys finally break out at these field positions outside of McCarthy, Coram, Schoonmacher, and Edwards who kind of lead the way.
0: You guys had an all-time great defense last year, which means a lot of guys go to pros. Um, That's what happens uh but it seems like your defense is is doing just fine uh even without guys like Aiden Hutchinson and O'Jigbo and um uh who's the defensive back uh Dax Hill yeah Dax Hill uh there as well I got you buddy. who are some guys that um that have stepped up into that role uh into those roles and and have have you know made this defense a, a really really strong one again Sure, and your viewers are going to hate me because I definitely sound like a
1: homer. I, I'm hearing myself talk, and I know how much of a homer I sound like. Oh, that's um, right. It's funny. It's it's funny. The Michigan message boards used to call this a three-star defense. Oh, you can't win with a three-star defense, blah, 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 blah. Well, this is a three-star defense, and they look pretty dang good. Um, D.J. Turner looks like a starting quarterback number one, I should emphasize. Looks like a future NFL high-round choice, somewhere between probably late first, early third round as is- where he's being projected right now jamon green another great man-to-man corner really stepping up after ironically enough michael Penix threw all over him a couple of years ago in bloomington uh, potentially put jim harbaugh on a hot seat he looks really good safety is kind of where we're looking back and forth you got a guy named rod moore back there out of ohio second year guy um decent in man coverage a real hard-nosed tackler Seems to have the football acumen that you need to play that position, but can be kind of suspect at times as well. Um, R.J. Moulton, guys expected to fill in for Dax Hill. has looked elite, ironically enough, in those three cupcake games to start the season against tougher competition. Maryland looked okay against Iowa last week. He was out of sorts all over the field, making bad reads, dropped an interception as well. Um, So that's going to be interesting. The biggest concerns on the Michigan team, I know I just railed on the safeties. They should be okay. Defensive backfield should be okay. Mike Sanders still moved over from slot wide receiver to nickel corner. Looks like an NFL player there as well, uh, weirdly enough. The difference maker is the lack of depth at linebacker for Michigan. Um, They lost Josh Ross last year, who was probably a bigger loss to the defense than even Aiden Hutchinson and David Ojabo. Um, Not as good of a player as them, but was a captain on this defense for two years. Um actually captain thrice times uh or twice, sorry, 2020, 2021. Really knew how to get guys lined up, was always in the right place at the right time. Linebackers have been a struggle this year, especially in coverage. Um, and even more so getting guys lined up. Another position to look for the interior the defensive line is good. The edges are, are where we want to look for, especially after losing Ojabo and Hutchinson, like we talked about. Got a couple of guys stepping up, a Yabioki former transfer from Alabama who played at community college last year. We'll see how that goes. He's looked pretty impactful, had a game stealing sack and quarterback pressure last week against Iowa. Um, Derek Moore, the freshman out of St. Francis in Baltimore, looks pretty good to fill the part as well. We'll see how they fill those parts on the edge, but definitely if Indiana's looking to exploit any part of this defense, it's going to be hitting stuff across the middle, getting those linebackers in confusion as we've seen them do before, kind of that speed and space stuff. Um, And then as well as hitting those plays at the edge, because those have been the two weakest points of Michigan's defense thus far.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask you the the next set of questions was, what can IU exploit on offense if they're going to win the game? You said it's the middle of that defense uh, and and the edges of the line. Let's look at the offensive side of the ball. What um, are some of the things that IU's defense could attack on Michigan's offense uh, that they might be able to take advantage of. Yeah, and and just with trying to
1: put it in layman's terms, I guess, having a brain fart here, whatever they can do to disguise coverages to JJ McCarthy. Now he's a smart quarterback, he's a talent and he's a talented quarterback. This offensive line won a Joe Moore Award last year's best offensive line in the country. They look even better this year. We talked about the skill positions earlier. Despite losing air call at tight end, Luke Schoonmacher is more than capable. They've got plenty of depth behind him. It really comes down to the quarterback. Um, We saw Maryland do that here a couple weeks ago. People were wondering, oh, well, why isn't JJ doing this, doing that? Well, it's because Maryland threw coverages out that he had not seen up until that point in his playing career. They were plenty of disguised things. He's a second-year player. He played in limited snaps last year behind Cade McNamara. And it's now his job. Whatever Indiana can do to bring some exotic blitzes, kind of confuse the looks he's seeing, maybe present a zone, but drop in demand, vice versa. Those are going to be the plays that you want to test McCarthy with.
0: Awesome. And then finally, I want to get you out of here. If there's one matchup you're watching as a Michigan fan, uh, which which matchup uh, is it going to be? It could be player, position group, um, either one of those. Uh oh! I think I lost your audio. Can you hear me? Yeah, now I can hear you. All right,
1: yep. Sorry about that. I don't know what happened here with my headphones, but um, sorry. Can you repeat your question, if you don't mind?
0: Yeah, which uh, which matchup? It could be a, a individual uh, person uh, or a, a unit wise. Which matchup are you watching as a Michigan fan to tell you how this game is going to go?
1: Yeah, I want to see the separation Michigan's wide receivers get on the Indiana secondary. Now I understand that Indiana's secondary has been poorest to say the least this year. I think when I was writing an article here the other day, I believe they rank in the bottom third of the nation as far as in passing yards, allowed completions and all that. But that doesn't necessarily mean much because if they're confusing McCarthy, as we mentioned, and they're staying stride for stride with Michigan receivers who had difficult times getting open this year creating separation I want to see how Michigan wide receivers respond to that I want to see how McCarthy responds to that so really Michigan's passing game versus that Indiana secondary Michigan should be able to take advantage of it break out this week take advantage of those skill players but if they look kind of inconsistent that will definitely give me some cause for concern here going forward and not only this game but the rest of the season as well
0: all right, Josh. Uh, we could do predictions. I'm gonna put uh, the farm on that you'll pit Michigan. But what is your <laughs> no? Uh, man, why would I do that? All
1: what right. What
0: <laughs> is your score prediction uh, for Saturday?
1: Yeah, these scores are always weird. Um, as a Michigan fan my whole life, this is a game that Michigan should blow out every year. It's 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 true, and I say that with all with utmost respect to you, Sammy. You're a good guy, and I always pull for Indiana when they're not playing Michigan. But Michigan always finds a way to snatch, uh, snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. They almost always do that. Now, I don't think this would be a 2020 game where Indiana smacks in the mouth. That's not the kind of team. But it's a weird game. It's a weird series. Um, right in my article earlier, short story long, I'll expound on this because why not? It's been four out of Michigan's six wins. They've won by 11 points or less under Jim Harbaugh. The other times really weren't much more than that. It's going to be a weird game. I'll go 35 to 23, Michigan. Michigan will probably look like they dominate this game, and the score is going to give Paul Feinbaum and Joel Klatt and all those guys some talking material and say they're overrated and all this stuff, when in reality, Indiana fans and Michigan fans both know that this is just a weird series and it's an ugly game.
0: Yeah, uh, you know, you – I have a a running text with friends. Um, You know, they say if Clemson and and North Carolina State are playing a 3-0 game, it's the most beautiful thing ever. But if it's in the Big Ten, (laughs) it's the ugliest thing on on the planet uh, and things like that. So, um, yeah, you know, I I had something around like 38-10, 38-17. I I think Michigan is is the much better team. I don't know if they're, you know, it is a funky series. I don't know if they're going to put up 50 or 60 points uh like some schools in the big Ten, but they're just gonna grind you down and um and uh you know get out of there uh with the win i I see something like 38 10 where Michigan's in control most of the game um It is Indiana's homecoming game which is absolutely ridiculous why they uh <laughs> we schedule homecoming the same weekend every year. And so it's not like oh, they go, man. oh, hey, it's Michigan. Let's make them the homecoming game. It's always this weekend in October, and it just happens to fall when we're playing like Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State. It's like, can we get, uh, you know, you know, whatever, Southwest Texas State for, for homecoming? Or, <laughs> yeah, say you that know.
1: last out-of-conference game for homecoming, right?
0: Yeah, something like that. But, yeah, it, it's been a funky series, Um Indiana's backs are against the wall so uh, you know I think the hope is is that Indiana gives their best shot Uh, but they did go into Lincoln last week in a must-win game and just totally fell apart so you know it's it's who knows especially after last year's two and ten season when IU just the wheels fell off and when the wheels fell off everything else in the car fell off um, as well so we'll we'll see if that's the path or or not. But Josh, uh, tell our fans where where you could uh, where they could find you on social media on on the internet as well.
1: Yeah, sure. You can find me uh, with being a troll with twenty followers on Twitter at Josh Lafon with a zero for an O. Um, You'd also find me on gbmwolverine.com, the fan sided affiliate for the Michigan Wolverines. I write two or three articles a week. Sammy's been kind enough to swap with, uh swap with us here for our little Q and a series behind enemy lines deal. We're trying not to rag them too hard. Um, and you can also find me on bleacher report under several other aliases where I just make fun of people for having wrong sports opinions. So if you see somebody mocking in the comment section, odds are it's probably me.
0: All right. Well, thanks Josh for, um, for joining us. Enjoy the, uh, another Saturday of college football. There's only so many Saturdays. Uh, so it's, so let's make them count. Uh, good luck to you the rest of the season. And yeah, um, yeah, happy to have you on, and, and hopefully we could do this again in the future.
1: All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Sammy.
0: All right. That does it for our uh, roundtable with Josh LaFond. You can find it at HoosierHuddle.com. You can find us on Twitter at Hoosier underscore auto. Uh, give us a like on, on uh, Facebook as well, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader, like that car riding right your tail.